0: there! I'm Cindy Linden and this is a Cook Along Podcast Quick Bite. Two weeks ago I talked about making cannoli. The main ingredient in the cannoli filling is of course ricotta cheese. That episode can be found in your podcast feed or on the cookalongpodcast.com website if you're interested. I have some other good recipes there that use ricotta. uh, White chicken lasagna, penne, spinach, lasagna bake, slow cooker, beef ragout with pappardelle. If any of those sound yummy, head to the website and check out the photos. You might want to make them. When we want ricotta for a recipe, most of us make a trip to the grocery store to pick up a carton. Today's podcast is about a different idea. Making your own. It's super easy, super fast, delicious, and It puts you in control of the moisture and the salt content. You need only three ingredients. Whole milk, distilled white vinegar or lemon juice, and salt. And actually, the salt is even optional. It's all about coercing the milk to separate so that you can sort of uh, nurture the curds into becoming creamy, silky ricotta. And that comes with heating and with draining it after you heat it. Mass market ricotta makers that you buy in the store, they don't bother to drain the cheese. Instead, they add gums and stabilizers to prevent the water from pooling up. But you probably have noticed that after you scoop out your first part of the ricotta, if you don't use the whole carton and you leave it sitting in your fridge for another day When you open it, there will be a pool of water. That is because the water wasn't drained out in the making of the ricotta, And that is something you can do when you make your own. Making it is so easy that I'm not going to do it with you as a recipe. I'm just going to tell you what to do and then you can go away and do it. Your ingredients are two cups of whole milk. And I emphasize the word whole. It needs to be whole milk a quarter of a teaspoon of regular salt, whatever you have on your table, and two tablespoons of distilled white vinegar or lemon juice. The equipment you're going to need, one quart microwave safe glass bowl. You need some paper towels, a colander or strainer, a slotted spoon, some plastic wrap, and... It's optional, but not a bad idea. If you have an instant read thermometer, you'll find that helpful, or at least it'll be able to confirm what you already know from what you can see. And the only do ahead, you want two layers of paper towels that you're gonna set inside of the colander, and that's your only do ahead. Now here's how easy this is. You put the milk, the salt, and the vinegar or lemon juice in the one quart microwavable bowl. You put it in the microwave and you microwave it on high heat until it's lightly bubbling around the edges. That's probably two to four minutes, but you know, it all depends on your specific microwave and how high the wattage is on it. If you want to double check after you see it bubbling around the edges, you want your optional instant read thermometer to read probably around 165 degrees. Then you take that bowl out of the microwave and stir it gently for maybe five seconds or so. And you're gonna see that the milk will separate into solid chunks or curds as they're called, white curds and translucent liquid which comes from the water and it's called whey. And if it hasn't done that, put it back in the microwave for another 30 seconds. And you just keep doing that until when you bring it out and stir it for five seconds, it completely separates. Then you take your slotted spoon or a wire skimmer or whatever you've got that will leave the liquid behind and scoop the curds out into that paper towel lined colander. And then you wanna cover the top of that colander with plastic wrap and allow it to drain until you get to the texture that you want it to be. And I'll talk about that in a minute. And then it's done. You take it out. When you have the texture you want, you put it into a container that's got a cover on it and you can refrigerate it and it'll be fine for at least five days. The reason we're doing it in the microwave and not on the stovetop is because In the microwave, you don't have to deal with stovetop boil overs, which happen a lot with milk or milk that's burned to the bottom of your pan, which is very hard to get out. The microwave is also a lot faster because it's not just heating from the bottom the way a stovetop does, but it heats all the way through from all sides all at the same time. That's why it's faster. You may read in some places that In order to be safe from bacteria, the milk has to be heated to a higher temperature than 165. But unless you're buying something directly from the farmer, don't worry about that. Milk that you get at your grocery store is already pasteurized, which means it's already been heated to kill any bacteria. So we don't really need to worry about hitting a particular safe temperature. We just need to get it hot enough for the chemistry to work at making things separate. It's probably best to avoid organic milks. That probably sounds counterintuitive. It feels like if you're making your own ricotta, you should use the best organic milk that you can find in your supermarket. However, those have all been heated so hot that they aren't going to make the curds correctly when you try to heat it up. They're labeled U-H-T. So if you're buying a milk and it has the letters U-H-T, that means they've been pasteurized to ultra high temperatures because the organic milk doesn't sell as fast. And without having as much turnover, it needs to stay safe on the shelf for a longer period of time. You really don't need anything fancy in terms of milk. Just buy the regular whole milk that's in the regular part of your grocery store. If you have white vinegar in your house, chances are the bottle will say it's distilled. Most white vinegar is distilled for us to cook with. Then that's a reference to how the vinegar was made, what it was made from. It's really not important. The important part is this, anything labeled distilled vinegar has a very consistent acidity level, which means your ricotta is going to turn out about the same every time. And it's like I said, probably what you already have in your house for cooking or cleaning, that kind of thing. If you don't want to use the distilled vinegar, you could use lemon juice. With lemon juice, it's a little trickier to measure an amount that will cause the milk to curdle because the acidity is going to vary from lemon to lemon. Some of them have more sugar, some of them have more acid. It's not as predictable how much to use. And leaves a little bit of a citrus tang, which can be really nice if you are wanting a little citrus, you know, if that'll work with a dish that you're planning to make with the ricotta, that could be nice in there, but it does leave a flavor behind. So just know that the vinegar is a little cleaner and doesn't really leave any residual taste behind it. Now about the draining. Like I said, you've got two layers of paper towels inside a colander and The easiest thing, of course, would be to pour the whole bowl of stuff that you took out of the microwave into the colander. However, if you do that, what happens is that the teeniest, tiniest little bits of curd drift right away to the bottom in the liquid that you've put in there. They drift to the bottom and then they will kind of clog up the pores of the paper towel and make it super slow to drain. So a better way to do it is to use your slotted spoon and scoop all of those curds out. I know it's a pain. It seems so much faster and easier to do it the other way. But if you scoop them out and then put just the curds into that paper towel lined colander, it'll drain a lot faster because those little teeny tiny bits that clog things up will never even get in there. And because there won't be as much liquid that you're trying to drain off to start with. Now, if you drain it for maybe five minutes, I know that doesn't seem like very long, but at that point, it's nicely edible. It'll be kind of cream cheese-like, soft and creamy and spoonable, and it's actually quite yummy while it's still warm. If you drizzle it with a little olive oil and salt and black pepper or for something sweet, drizzle it with a little honey and cinnamon and serve it with fruit for dessert. It's just going to be unexpected to you. You're going to be surprised at the taste and texture of this stuff because it's not really familiar. It's going to seem very different from the stuff you buy at the grocery store. Now, if you want to use the ricotta in lasagna or stuff like that, Then you wanna drain it for about 15 minutes. And that makes it more like your standard store-bought ricotta in terms of consistency. So it'll have definite curds, kind of like cottage cheese, but the curds are smaller and it's spreadable. And you can use it for fillings and dips and cannoli. And like I said, lasagna. And then if you decided to drain it for a long time, let's say you decided to leave it overnight, then you're going to end up with firm drier curds that you could use to make gnocchi or use in pancakes, uh, any kind of dough or batter that asks for ricotta. You want them a little drier because otherwise you're going to mess up the liquid ratio in your recipe. So that's what you would do if you wanted to bake with this. For me, I mostly just want to eat it. I do think that using homemade ricotta for the cannoli is a smart move because it's really hard to guess how much water to try to drain off or whether to drain it off if you buy a store-bought kind. I've done it both ways. I've tried draining water out of just a portion of the ricotta and I've tried not draining it at all. And then I've tried draining it till it's a little drier. They're all fine, except that sometimes they're too goopy to actually fill a cannoli shell with. It just sort of drips right through. I've had that happen more than once now. So it's probably a better idea to make your own And then keeping in mind what you're about to do with it, if you're about to fill cannoli, for instance, you can gauge the texture and the amount of liquid as you're doing it yourself. And then you can take it out of the colander when you think it's the right consistency to use. As I said, it's going to surprise you how different it seems from your usual ricotta. And it's lovely to spread on crackers or toast. You can add a little... Italian herb to it, a little garlic, anything you want to make a tasty spread for crackers or for a nice crusty bread, you're going to have fun with this. I think you should just experiment. You really have very little to lose. A couple of cups of milk, that's the only thing that's going to cost you any money. So why not? I mean, why not give it a shot and just see what you get? In fact, why don't you invite a friend over and make ricotta together and tell them that you're trying it because you heard about it on the Cook Along podcast. Tune in next week for a super fancy-looking dessert that's rich, chocolatey, caramely, custardy, and easy to make. Something to consider making for Valentine's Day, in fact. In two weeks, I'll give you another quick bite recipe for mornings or nights when making breakfast or dinner is just too much trouble. Until next time, happy cooking!